Good morning. How are we this morning? Good. That's good. As uh, Michelle mentioned, my name's Ryan. I am from Tapping. And uh, that might seem funny. Yep, that might seem funny to some of you until you've seen the roadworks going on in the middle of Tapping right now. So if you live in Karama or Tapping or Sanagra, we'll pray for you because it's brutal. That roundabout's out of control. But it's good. We made it this morning. It was good to be here. And I wanted to, to share a message uh, this morning with a title of unveiled. That's what we're going for. A passage scripture out of uh, 2 Corinthians, and, and Paul is writing this, this letter uh, to the church. And the hope would be as we unpack this this morning, that we would hopefully in our own lives see uh, our life the way God sees it a little bit more, maybe the way Jesus kind of had planned for it, and we would see him uh, a little bit more clearly. Because I know that for me, when you um, see things differently, when you, you see things one way, and it brings new perspective, it's, it's hard to then go and look at anything the same. And, and I remember this unfolding once in my life, and uh, on one particular occasion, I uh, was, got a phone call from my mum, and uh, she rang me, and she was like, uh, I just got pulled over by the police in your, in your car, and they asked if my name was Ryan, and I said, obviously not, and, and, and they, they, they said, oh, if that's your son, does, he doesn't have a driver's license. Uh, he's just pulled up on our, on our thing that it's expired. And uh, it's been expired for a good year. And they were like, does he drive? And my mum, being the good, you know, snitches get stitches kind of person that she is, was like, no, he doesn't drive. Uh, you know, just covered for me big time. And uh, she's like, well, I don't think so. You know, so then she like realized she's peddling herself into life. She goes, oh, I haven't seen him for a while, you know. And so she rings me straight away. She's like, you got to sort that out. They said if they catch you driving, you know, you're in big trouble. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Okay, sorry. And, and so I ring the licensing center. I'm like, oh, I've had a bit of a mishap. My license just expired. Um, could I please renew it? And they're like, oh, yeah, no problems. This happens all the time. And give them my name. And they're like, oh. And you know when you hear, oh, right from the lady on the phone, you're like, oh, this is going to be a bad day. And she's like, ah, I'm sorry, your driver's license has been expired for a year. You're going to have to come in to fix that. And I'm like, oh, here's the number. Like, like, you know, I've got a photo already. Can't you just, you know, send me another one? It's really inconvenient in this nine-to-five world that I live in to come uh, to the license center. And she was like, you'll come today. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I go in. And I line up, and uh, she goes, yep, uh, you know, we'll redo all this. It's going to cost you a fee and a late fee. I'm like, yeah, whatever, let's just get this done. And she goes, all right, and the last part of the process is, can you just look at that chart up there and start reading those letters? And so at this stage of my life, I, I didn't have glasses. Uh, I didn't have beard, didn't have glasses. And so I was just running out of ministry, driving around, you know, I'm like, yeah, sure, no worries. Uh, X, P, N, and she's like, yeah, the bottom line? I was like, nah. She was like, what do you mean? I'm like, nah, I can't read it. Uh, like, She's like, the line above? I'm like, yeah, no, no, can we just stay back? P, X, N, you know. And she's like, I'm really sorry, you're going to have to leave today without a driver's license. Go get some glasses, you're pretty much blind. I was like, oh, okay. Can you just do the license thing? And she was like, go to the optometrist. I'm like, this is a pain. Like, go down to the optometrist, and they're like, it's going to take you two weeks before I can get you some glasses. I'm like, don't you understand? Like, I, I, I need these glasses, I need to drive. And she's like, I don't care, two weeks. I'm like, oh, that's nice of you, okay. And so every day for two weeks, I'm out the front of my house with my backpack on like a teenager, standing around waiting for like one of my mates to pick me up and take me to work. Uh, and so driving back and forth. Two weeks pass, I go straight back in there. I'm real keen to get my license back at this point. Getting ridiculed by people picking me up out the front of my house. Come on, mate, get in the car, you know. And so I go and they're like, you're going to have to take your time with these. And I'm like, no, I need my, like, so I put them on. I'm like, well, hey, like, these are like, these are full on. And she's like, yeah, you've got really bad eyesight. I was like, okay. And I'm like, I'm going to the license center, I've got to get my, she's like, I probably wouldn't do that if I was you, I'd wait maybe a day or two, like trying to adjust to your new, uh, you know, frames, I'm like, I need my license, so I'm like, walking up the, from Dewlap shops to the license center, I'm like, <laughs> like people looking at me, I'm like, my, my world was spinning, 
And I stop for a second. I'm like, these give me a headache. And I like, take them off, put them back on. I'm like, what are those things on those trees? Oh, they're leaves. You know, like, like I can see stuff. I go in, the lady like, you know, gives me a search. She's like, you will not drive without these glasses. I'm like, yeah, 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 like just sign it off. She's like, read the letters. And I like, read them all. And I went out of there like with a giant headache. But you know what I didn't realize before I had those? Sure, I probably knew my, my, my vision wasn't as sharp as it should be. You know, like I was squinting at the scoreboard at the footy or whatever. Now I just read it like a normal person. It's awesome. I didn't realize how like deteriorated maybe my vision was. But as soon as I put those glasses on, my perspective on life completely changed. What I could see was more clear, there was brightness, there was vibrance, there was not this restriction that I had before. My wife was like, I knew how blind you were, I see you squinting at those street signs, and I was like, I was not. Uh, did you just click that curb? Nah, it was deliberate, you know, just tech on the forward. But the reality was it changed my entire perspective on life. And, I, and this passage of scripture and, 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 and what Paul is indicating to the church here is a massive shift in perspective for the people that he's writing to. That it's a massive shift actually for all of us as followers of Christ. That it changes the way we see our faith and the way that we live it out. And today I want to have a, a look at these uh, verses. And I hope that what it will do, these 11 verses, that they would bring vibrance and clarity and freedom to us as followers of Jesus. To live out the life that he calls you and I to. And so we'll, we'll start here. And it says, the old way with laws etched in stone led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way, now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? You know, Paul starts out here pointing out that there's an old way. There's an old way of living, an old way of doing things, a before Christ way of living, if you will. And for each one of us, I believe that there, there is an old way. There is a good old days. There is a, an old day of the way we would approach our, our life and we would live it before we encountered who Jesus is. That when we encounter who Jesus is and we, we begin to grip who he is, that it's not a, a, about a moment of maybe raising a hand and, and saying a prayer and going, yeah, I've given my heart to That stuff is important. But when we follow Jesus, it should change the entire way that we walk out our life. That once upon a time we were away from him, facing a different direction, going a, a, a different way. Or maybe somewhat on that path, but doing it our own way. That we don't live in the old days anymore. That we would turn our life and begin to walk in the direction that he calls us to. You know, the old days, even Paul says here, the, the old way, there was, there was glory in the old way. In fact, there was so much glory, and it's referring to Exodus 34 here, where Moses, he goes up. And he spends this time in the presence of God. And he's up there for a long time meeting with God. And God gives him the, 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 the Ten Commandments and all these things. And he comes back down and it, and it says that his face was a, like a bright light. And so Moses puts a veil over his face. He covers up his face so that the people who, who aren't in a space where they're, they're meeting with God, their hearts are hard towards who God is. He doesn't want to freak them out. He, he doesn't think they're ready for it. So, and, and he also knows it's a fading way, so he puts it on. That's the old way. And there might have been something really great about your old life before Jesus. I'm sure there were good things that happened. There are, there are good things that, that come in our life. But when we encounter Jesus, there's a new way of living. It says here, since this way gives us confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the people of Israel would not see the glory. 
even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, wherever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with a veil that they do not understand. See, what's failing to be understood in this space is that there is a new way, that there is a new agreement. I don't know if you've ever been in, in a situation where you've been under one agreement, maybe a work contract, and then that changes. Maybe you get a pay rise and the agreement changes. You see this in sports all the time. Sports, uh, people change their contracts all the time. They get new agreements that, that worry about money and hours and time. I remember a, a new agreement that I really loved when I was a, a young guy. Instead of kind of digging out and doing an apprenticeship or something like that, I, I dedicated four years of my life to the Grand Cinema Company and uh, spent four years there and uh, hung out there a lot. And I remember like my first couple of weeks, I was like just enjoying movie life. And so I was like, I'm going to go to the movies and take my friends after work, go back. Not sick of the place yet. So we go back and I line up and I uh, expect to pay for my tickets. And the lady's like, what do you got your card out for? We don't take FPOS at that amount. And I was like, what do you mean that amount? Like, what's your limit? Like more than two tickets. She's like, it's two dollars. It was a dollar or something. And I was like, why am I paying? A, like, I just didn't get it. And she was like, now that you work here, you get what's called a staff discount. And instead of paying like some stupid amount of money for your tickets, you'll pay 50 cents. I assume you've got a friend with you, you want two of those, and so you can have two for a dollar. And I was like, awesome. Because I'm going to go to the movies like every day. This is the best. I became really popular with those that like movies. Like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to go to the movies? And I was like, you want me on my discount? But she was like, now that you work here, your experience of what you pay for movies, the agreement that you have here, it shifts. Now, we had some people who weren't very responsible with that agreement. I had one particular friend who he would, uh, take his, um, he would take girls out on dates and suggest that they buy the drinks and he'll buy the tickets because the tickets were more expensive. And then he'd be like, just pretend like you don't know me. I'm like, why? He's like, you don't know me. And then I'm like, what are you doing? And then we like cottoned on. So then eventually we'd stitch him up. But, you know, there's this responsibility that comes with the agreement. <laughs> and so there were rules. But that whole experience of how I would pay and go to movies shifted. I know that's like a, a, a worldly example, but the reality is it's a little bit like that in this scenario. There was an old way of doing things that was wrapped around the law. That was the covenant. You've got to keep the law. And it was this reveal to, to, to God's people that they kept messing it up. And they couldn't get it right, and they couldn't get it right, and we were never going to get it right in our own strength. And it was there to, to, to shine this light and bring this picture of God and man being separated. And then God sends Jesus and goes, there's a new agreement. And yes, there was some good about the old way of doing it. Yes, there was the glory of God displayed through Moses and all that happened there and all those things. But now there's a new way of doing it. And that new way is far better than the old way. The new life we have in Christ is far better than the old life without him. The freedom and the, the joy and the hope that we should experience in who Jesus is in our life should bring that exact experience of freedom and hope and boldness to live out this life of just walking towards him and who he is. But yet, it says in here, there's these people that, there's like a veil in their face and it's hard in their hearts and they fail to see this new way of doing it. They fail to, when they read the word, when they hear the scripture, Paul's saying when they hear it, their hearts are hardened when they read it because there's a veil in the way. Yet the scripture says there is no veil. And I think maybe for us, how this applies uh, to us in our life is we have this, this great thing of being able to read the Bible in its context, right? Like we know the beginning to the end, it's like having 
knowing, read the book before the movie. That's why I don't read books, so it doesn't spoil the movie. And, and so we know how it kind of ends before we, we, we see it and play it out. And so we can look and go, oh, come on, don't you know that, you know, Jesus came and replaced, you know. They didn't know that. But I feel like for us as people, there's this, still this thing from the old days. Maybe some things that we kind of carry with us. Maybe some things that we haven't let go of yet. Maybe some things that just keep popping up and we go, yeah, we know that, 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 that there isn't a veil there, but we, we kind of hang it up like, a, like an old curtain. I had this set of blinds that didn't work, and so to get through my, I didn't want like, I didn't like it when my dog was outside and I didn't want to hang out with him kind of vibes. Like if he'd been noticed, I'd like put the curtain back up so he couldn't see in. Or I was going out, I was like, I don't want anyone to know that I'm not home if they jump my fence. So I'd like hang the curtain as if that makes a difference if they're going to jump my fence. But I'd just hang it up and then take it down and then hang it up. And then one day it fell down and I was like, it's done. So I threw it away. But I feel like sometimes we're a little bit like that. We grab the old and we pick it up and we hang it up. And we self put these veils up, these blinds up, these curtains up. Things that shouldn't be there anymore from the old days. And we put it up there. And we bring it before God every time. We're like, oh, I just... And it's affecting the way we live under this new agreement. But we're putting it up. And I believe today God is saying, you know, it is time to kind of get rid of the veils. It's time to throw the blinds out. It's time to get rid of the... It's time to not carry that anymore. And actually begin to see your life and this new agreement the way that I see it. And begin to walk in it. And you know, sometimes it's our choice to put that up. But I, I truly believe that sometimes it's the, the work of the enemy to go want to trip us up and make us think that we are the way we used to be. And those things that were there that were tripping us up, we can't get past them. And that's who we are. And you are that person. That insecurity and that thing is you. And that's how you're always going to be. But I believe this boldness that we get from the, from the scripture says we can call that out for what it is. You know, I was at the, the football last night. I can't help myself. I have to talk about the Eagles because they won. I love that shirt. And uh, I was there and having a great time and really enjoying myself. And then this guy kind of, he walks past me. I was on the end of the aisle. Now, I like the end of the aisle because it means you can make an easy exit if you, if you need to go to the bathroom or something. You don't have to push past everyone. Like, you don't have to be that awkward guy. But the problem is when you're on the end, all the awkward people have to get back in and out. And there is this general rule of courtesy that if you go out, you don't come back until there's a break or a score and then you kind of come past. Well, this, this man last night on this particular day, he didn't have that etiquette. So he leaves, and then mid-play, kind of mid play, decides he wants to come back. And you kind of hear the groans from the people, like, I was like, right on the end, but you hear the groans, like, oh, can't you wait until... And then there's this great moment where one of my favourite players, Josh Kennedy, kicks his 600th goal, and another one to put a, you know, them further in front. And Pie Man, as I called him, because he went to get a pie, so I don't know anything else about him other than he went to get a pie, so he's forever Pie Man. Pie man's walking, and, in, and then he stops in front of me, and he's, like, enthralled in the game. I'm like, oi, pie man, like, keep going. He's like, what? I'm like, can you just keep moving to your seat? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. And then he, like, stopped and he stood in front of Zoe, and I was like, sweet. And I watched the replay. And she's like, pie man. And, and, like, he does it the whole way down to his seat. And I think sometimes these things come up in our lives. They pop up, and they want to distort and block the view that you have of, of who Jesus is in your life. This glory that the scripture talks about, this idea that his glory shines on us and transforms us that we're about to read about. And these things keep coming back. And we don't always put them there, but it's our role to move them to the side. And so I don't want to see that anymore. I don't want to see that insecurity. I don't want to see that sin. I don't want to see that thing from the old days. The veil is actually gone and I want to see what Jesus has for me. I don't need to hear it from someone else. I need to hear it from 
and you need to call it out and you need to put it to one side. Because I believe sometimes as followers, and I know this in my own life, it's, it's too easy to kind of hang on to those things or let them pop up. I could just let Pie Man stand there all day and he would have ruined the game. On your way. And you're able to see clearly again. It's a new agreement when we turn to Jesus. You know, the, the, the word for, the, for veil uh, in this scripture that's used so many times. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, but it comes out to this. It, it, it comes out to being blind to spiritual vision. The reality is it wants to, the veil is this idea that we are blind to the spiritual vision that God has for our lives. That we look and go, that issue is bigger than God. That issue is not allowing me to see. This is the way I'm always going to be. This is just how it is. This is the way it's always been. It's the way it's going to be forever. And it creates a blindness to spiritual vision. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live blind to the spiritual vision that God has for my life. I want to see it. And I want to see it clearly. And I want to see it for myself. And I want to be able to walk in that. And I want to be transformed by that. And so this scripture, this is the, the bit that I really love in here. It says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us, all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Makes us more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. You know, it says all that have had the veil removed, not some. Not that some would have it removed, not that some would have the opportunity to, to see spiritual vision, that all who have that veil removed now have this access to the glory of God, that it would transform who you are, that you would be transformed by the glory of God in your life, not to stay where you were before. And that's what I love about relationship with Jesus compared to anything else is it's not one moment where everything just changes and it's done. It's actually a lifetime of seeing what he sees and walking with him and walking towards him and having your eyes set on who he is. And so I believe for some of us today, it's probably about time maybe to grab some of those veils and just get rid of them. I don't know what they are in your life. I sure this week have figured out what some of them are in mine. What are those things I continue to put up that make me blind to what Jesus wants to, me to see and do? But I tell you what, when they're not there, geez, I see so much more clearly. There's so much more hope. There's so much more vibrancy in my life because of who he is and what he can do in me. It's nothing to do with me. It's everything to do with him. And today as you're sitting there, I'm sure if you're anything like me, there's probably things in your life there and you're going, yep, that, that one's me. Yep, that's my veil. Yep, that's my thing. In our first service, conversations with people going, yep, I know exactly what that was. God wants to move in your life today to remove some of those things, to stop them from coming back. I'm gonna invite the, the team to come up and, and join us and we're gonna spend some time uh, worshiping God in, in, in a moment. <coughs> but you know, there's this other part of this, the scripture here and this is like the part two, if you will. And it says this, it says, and the Lord who is, Spirit makes us more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So I love that, that we're being changed. But I love it that it says here that in verse 18, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see, we can see the glory of God, but we can reflect the glory of God. 
So it's for us to see and it's for us to walk in and it's for us to have this spiritual vision for our life. It's meant to transform us. And there's this picture that it gives of, of Moses being up, as we talked about before. He's up on the mountain. He meets with God. There's this, the glory of God was so strong that his face shone so bright that there was like a light coming off his face is the picture that we have. The glory of God was like a light. And he looks at that and goes, the people, they can't see this. Their hearts are hardened. It's gonna, the, 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 the brightness in my face as I go back in there, it's eventually gonna fade away. So he grabs a veil and he puts it over his face. And he goes back down to the people so that they don't see it. And then it says he, they, that he would meet with God again and he would go up with the veil on and he would take it off. And he would meet with God at the same, and then so he would go and he put it back on. So he'd take the veil off to meet with God and put the veil back on when he would go to the people. And I think this is sometimes a picture of our lives. That God works in it. But then sometimes we, we have a different veil that we put on and we cover it up. I'll explain it like this. The other day I was watching a TV with my, my three and a half year old. Don't judge me, he's allowed to watch TV. And only in small amounts. But he, he, we're watching this show called PJ Masks. Any PJ Masks fans in the house? I got told after the, don't be ashamed, it's okay. I like Catboy, he's my favorite. Uh, he's fast. And I was watching PJ Masks and I, and I was watching it happen. And they, they, what PJ Masks is, is these little kids. I got told I explained this is wrong in the first service by someone, but I'm sure I'm right. They're these little kids. And they go to school during the day and they live a normal life. But then at nighttime, there's other characters that get up to mischief and their aim is to ruin your day. And so PJ Masks, PJs are pajamas and they come out in their pajamas with their mask and they put it on and they stop the bad kids from ruining your day. They're little childhood superheroes. My kid loves all of them. He's got all three of them. He comes dressed up as whichever one he wants on that day. And he's like, look at me, I'm this guy, I'm fast, and then I'm strong, and then I can fly, and I can... And it's funny, even just at a young age, how obsessed with superheroes that we are. For me, I, I, I love Spider-Man. I think because he conquered his fear of spiders. So, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna be like Spider-Man. And take him as an example. He's this, this guy, he's got this superpower inside of him that can change the, and help the world around him. But what does he do before he'll do it? Puts on a mask, doesn't he? Puts on a suit so no one can recognize who he is. There's no power in the mask. There's no power in the suit. I reckon Superman's even a little bit more lazy. He just puts on a pair of fake glasses, which is someone who has to wear glasses, I kind of resent. But he's like, oh, you know what I'll do is, oh, I'm Clark Kent now, and oh, uh, I mean, I'm Superman right now, but oh, look at me, uh, I'm Clark Kent now. As if you don't recognize someone when they take the glasses off. It's the worst disguise ever. But he disguises themselves, not because there's power in the suit, but it's to protect their everyday life. And I believe that sometimes we can be in a moment like this and we can have an encounter with God. Or we can be at home and we can read the Word of God and we can be doing our, our devotions and we can be being transformed by the power of who God is. But then isn't it just so easy sometimes to go, I'm just gonna put that veil over the top so no one kind of notices. You know, it doesn't just say that we would be transformed by the glory of God, it says that we would reflect it to those around. And sometimes I think we think when it comes to reflecting the glory of God, we've got, to, we've got to use kind of our mouth to do that. Like I've got to tell everyone about God and I've got to explain it all really well and I have to argue people to faith or I've got to have this elaborate story of, you know what, when we reflect the glory of God, we're reflecting that He transforms us from the inside out. And so you might be someone who struggled with insecurity and you go back to people in your world and that veil is being torched out of your world and you're no longer insecure. Someone will notice it because it's the glory of God reflecting who you are. As He transforms us, we reflect 
what He does in our lives. But I think sometimes we think we've got to kind of, like Moses had to protect the people, sometimes I think we think we need to protect our identity and who we are, that the magic is in the suit. It's not. The dictionary will translate this word veil when you look up, it's a mask. It's there to mask or hide or conceal something. I don't want to be a person, I don't know about you, that conceals the glory of God. I want to be someone that reflects it out into the world. That the things that He's doing in me are good for the people in my workplace, my community, my sports team, my world, my school. And I think sometimes the challenge for me is I can make it too much about myself rather than just walking without the veil, being able to see my spiritual vision and just to let that transform me and live it out and allow other people to observe the glory of God. And say Moses came down and kind of told them all and they were changed. He put a veil over it. I think when God does something in our lives, we don't want to cover it up. We want to walk in that boldness that he says we have right there. And so today, I think there's that other kind of veil that is that we want to cover up. It's that mask. Do you know the power of God is inside you? Don't protect your identity, make it your identity. He is your identity. He's not in anything else. He is transforming you to be more and more like Him. My encouragement today is to throw the veil away and walk in that. Get rid of the old. Get rid of the old way of doing it. Get rid of those things that shouldn't be there anymore. Throw away. Maybe that fear of people finding out that you're a follower of Christ. You know what people need in this world more than ever is to, to see that God is, is good. You know, it says in this, this scripture, is where the Spirit is, there is freedom. You know what? The Spirit of God is with us all the time. We walk in that freedom. I think sometimes it's really easy to address God the Father and go, yeah, I know that. And, and I understand who Jesus is, but we forget the Holy Spirit. The fact that Jesus left here and left us with the Spirit and said, this is better for me to go and, le and leave you with the Spirit. And He will provide you all that you need. Walk in that boldness, freedom. And it brings hope to the world around it. As He does a work in you, it'll do a work in others. And so this morning, we're gonna spend some time just singing these great songs. In fact, why don't we stand as we do that? And, I wanted just to create an opportunity this morning for, for some of us. And you'll see there's a, a fair bit of space. There always kind of is at the front, there's, there's space here. And there's nothing special about this space as in like that carpet tile has something more special than the carpet tile that you're standing on. But here's what I think the front represents sometimes, is it represents making a shift in our lives. Because the physical move of going, I'm gonna leave where I am now and I'm gonna come down here is a little bit like that picture of throwing a veil out and going, I'm physically gonna make a, a spiritual response to God. And so we wanted to leave this space. We've got some time to worship and sing and spend time in, in God's presence and His Spirit is here to say, if there are things in your life from the old days that you wanna leave behind and, and you know that it's time and God is speaking to you, that there is a physical response that you can make and you can come and you can stand and you can raise your hands, you can kneel, you can do whatever it is that is your response to God. To say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change something before I leave here today. Maybe it's for you as the veil that you put back on on Monday after being in church on Sunday. Come and leave it here. And it's that bold, courageous step sometimes that we take that unlocks something in our heart. To say, God, I'm gonna leave here different. I'm gonna walk out of here with a new spiritual vision for my life because I can see it because of what I've left behind. 
And so there's an opportunity for you to do that. Maybe you'd like someone to stand with you and pray. Then I'd encourage you, there's this space over, over your left, my right, over this side, there's pastors and prayer team and staff. They would love to stand and pray with you. Maybe it's to pray some of that stuff out of your life, to encourage you, to help God move in your life. Sometimes we just need someone to stand and pray with us. Well, they're here and we're willing to, to spend that time and do that. And we have the time to do that this morning. So I'd encourage you to do that. But for whatever it looks like for you and your heart of hearts to respond to God. Let me encourage you not to let this moment pass you by. Because the time, it's here. It's gonna, we're gonna take that time to worship God. So take the time to respond to what He's calling you to today. Could I pray for us and then we'll sing these great songs. Lord, I thank You. That You promise that where Your Spirit is, there is freedom. And God, we know that Your Spirit is here with us right now. And so God, I pray that there would be freedom in this place. Freedom from the veils that are there to hold us back, to trip us up, to stop us from seeing our lives the way you do. And God, for those veils that we put on that conceal what you're doing in our lives, may we leave those behind today. And may we walk out of here different to how we came in because of the freeing work of your spirit in this place. And so God, I pray for all of us here today that there will be a moment of encounter with you. We praise you and we worship you in this place. If you wanna, if you wanna make your way as we're singing to the front here, then I encourage you to do that. If you wanna just worship in your seat, do that. But whatever it looks like, respond to God in this moment. Allow Him to do a work in your heart. Come on, let's lift our voices and worship God.